God of all the prophets, you fulfilled your promise of old that your Christ would suffer and rise to glory. Open our minds to understand the scriptures and fill us with joyful wonder in the presence of the risen Christ that we may be his witnesses to the farthest reachers of the earth. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the firstborn from the dead, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. After the healing of a lame man, Peter proclaims that the man was healed through the power of Jesus' name. Peter tells his listeners that although they had Jesus put to death, they have the opportunity to repent of their sin and become one with Christ. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. At the temple gate, Peter addressed the people, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him but you rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The following passage from the first letter of St. John teaches us that Jesus died to free us from sin and guilt and empowers us to keep his word and thus be made perfect in God's love. A reading from the first letter of St. John. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now by this we may be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Whoever says I have come to know him but does not obey his commandments is a liar. And in such a person the truth does not exist. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person the love of God has reached perfection. By this we may be sure that we are in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. From the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. The two disciples told the eleven and their companions what had happened on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. 
They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and then he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in a city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This afternoon at 3 o'clock, we here at Good Shepherd are going to celebrate the sacrament of confirmation with 22 of our young members. And preparing for this celebration today, I'm thinking about that old story about the pastors the three pastors who were talking about their situations and complaining because they had problems with squirrels in the steeple. Do you remember this story? And and the one guy said, well, he hired a particular exterminator, and that seemed to work. And the second guy said he hired a different exterminator, and, and that worked okay. And the third pastor said, well, we never hired an exterminator We just baptized and confirmed them, and we never saw them again. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. And that's the tough part. Um, I don't claim to understand the way things are today in the church. I really don't. Uh, I was 16 years old 55 years ago. And uh, things were different then. I, I think about our parish... I can't think of any family in our parish who didn't come to church every Sunday. That's just what we did. We came to church. Uh, I can remember my dad. Uh, One of my fondest memories is Daddy had a St. Joseph's Sunday Missal. Do you remember the St. Joseph's Sunday Missal? And and Daddy was there and... The pages were yellowed because of his thumbprint when he went to Mass. And my mom's rosary, she had this big, big wooden rosary. I have it on the table next to my bed. And, And when I pray that rosary, I sure do think of her and her prayers. 
when I was a 16-year-old junior in high school, I was, well, I was involved in the choir. I was an altar server. I read at Mass. Uh, I was involved with a lot of the work projects that the men in the parish overtook with Father Steve, our pastor. And I wasn't the only kid doing it. We were all involved in the life of the parish community. Being part of the parish, being part of the community was a big part of who we are, who we were then. I don't know about today. I know that we're not as parish-centric as we were 55 years ago when I was 16. My concern is what that says for the future. If we're not that involved in the life of the community, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to the church? To be confirmed in the church is to have our relationship with Jesus begun in baptism, to have that confirmed as the center of who we are. To be confirmed in the church is to make a commitment to listen to the word of God and to allow the, the word of God to set the direction of our lives. To be confirmed in the church is to recognize in the bread and the wine of the Eucharist the source of strength that we need to live his life. I just love to hear Jesus saying to all of us, live my life. To be confirmed in the church is to recognize in each other in the words we share, in the actions we share together, to recognize in one another the very presence of Jesus who died and was raised from the dead to set us free from sin so that we could live full lives. We could truly live the life of the kingdom problem with the sacrament of confirmation. When we anoint someone's forehead with the oil of chrism, the Christ oil, what we're saying is that that person is to find their life centered in Christ Jesus, in his word, in the Eucharist, in his life of service for others. It ain't magic, folks. We'll anoint these 22 kids. But if there's no follow-through, the anointing is pretty, pretty powerless. To anoint someone with the oil of chrism is to make a commitment, a commitment that the person will allow Christ to permeate their lives to become truly the center of who they are and how they live. To be anointed with the Christ oil is to make a commitment, a commitment to live the kingdom of God that Jesus came to bring the world. 
I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day who lives in Florida, and he was pretty upset. Uh, his dad died in September from COVID-19. His mom had, has recently had heart valve surgery, and because of her husband's death and her illness, she had to sell her house and move in with her son and his family. But he was upset because he found out that someone scammed his mother out of money. A widow who had just undergone the illness of, and death of her husband, who had undergone serious heart surgery, and somebody was taking advantage of her to make money. What values were that? What value does that speak? I think it's the value of the world. A value which says we need as much money, we need as much property, we need all of the things of the world in order to be alive. But that's not the value of Jesus, is it? The value of Jesus would say, take care of the grieving. Take care of the widows, the orphans. Take care of those who have hit a rough patch in their lives. Don't take advantage of them. Take care of them. The values of God's kingdom. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? The world in which we live is, seems to be constantly rocked by violence. All those terrible mass shootings that we experience. Is it enough simply to say we pray for those who are grieved by these acts of violence? Is it time for us to stand up and say no more? That violence, that gun violence has no place in the kingdom of God. And we are the kingdom of God. Whose side are you on? Can we continue to tolerate intolerance? There's so much hatred expressed against people who are different from us, people who come from different ethnic backgrounds, people whose skin is a different color from ours. The kingdom of God is open to all people. All people are welcome. This is a welcome table. Where do you stand with prejudice? The kingdom is open to everybody. Whose side are you on? The COVID pandemic has forced us into wearing masks and social distancing 
And we continue to see on the news people who are protesting against the wearing of masks. They refuse. It's an inconvenience. They, they, they just don't want to be put out that way. How tough can it be to wear a mask in order to protect the health of people around us? Really, how tough can that be? If you refuse to wear a mask, if you refuse to show concern for other people, how do you fit into the kingdom of God? A kingdom which calls us to care about each other. A kingdom which calls us to actively love one another. You refuse to wear a mask? Whose side are you on? In today's gospel, risen Jesus declares to his followers that indeed he suffered and died and was raised from the dead in order to set us free, to set us free from the power of sin to hold us back to set us free from the power of sin to keep us in death. The gospel says that Jesus opened the minds of his followers, that's us, to understand the word, to understand the word so that we can live the truth of his message, so that we can live the values of the kingdom. Is his word the direction of our lives, huh? Does the Eucharist strengthen us to live the word we hear? And does our relationship with one another influence us? And help us to be full of hope and joy. Whose side are you on? Please pray for our confirmation class. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.com dot org.